Hello, listeners. I'm Michael Lanspa, Web Director for the ATS Critical Care Assembly. Thank you for listening. This Breathe Easy podcast pertains to the SAGE study, a multicenter effort to characterize how we treat severe acute respiratory distress syndrome. I'm joined today by Dr. Nita Kadir, Assistant Clinical Professor at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA, who's one of the key investigators of this fascinating study. Uh, First, thank you, Nita, for joining me. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Excited to be here. I'd like to start by asking how you and your group conceived of this study. What was the rationale for such a large undertaking? So SAGE stands for Severe ARDS Generating Evidence, and our objective was to assess early management of moderate severe ARDS in the U.S. Um, For me personally, the inspiration for this project was a patient um, who was a young woman with severe ARDS who ultimately ended up on ECMO, but before that cycled through just about every single ancillary therapy that exists. Um, Her vent management was also all over the place, but that's another issue. Uh, The thing that struck me about her is that her management would change pretty much every single time a new attending was taking care of her. You could almost predict which therapy she was going to get based on whose shift it was that day. Like the lady who loves paralytics was going to start her on cisatricurium. The guy who works in CTICU was going to put her on inhaled nitric. Um, Now, she ultimately ended up doing fine, but who knows if it was because of our care or in spite of our care. She was pretty young. Uh, Now, around this time, I was relatively new to attending hood, and I was trying to delve into the world of research and think of a research topic Uh, One of my colleagues advised me to just think about things that we do stupidly in the ICU, and there are a lot of them, and design a research project around that. So this is an example of exactly that, the non-standardized management of this patient. So, of course, I wasn't the only person with the idea to look at patients with severe ARDS or the only person interested in this topic. I was at Montefiore Medical Center in New York at the time, and I'd already been working on pedal studies with Michelle Gong. We discussed the possibility of doing some sort of observational study of patients with severe ARDS on ECMO, and at the next pedal meeting, she introduced me to Pauline Park from University of Michigan. She's also interested in this patient population and in ECMO in particular. Pauline then pulled in Raquel Bartz from Duke. The four of us did some brainstorming, and we decided that we could make this much more meaningful if we looked at all ancillary therapies for ARDS rather than focusing on just ECMO, and SAGE was ultimately born. Now, when we started this, we did not anticipate this being such a large undertaking. Uh, We all took this idea, spoke to colleagues at different institutions, and initially anticipated that we'd have about 20 sites with 10 to 20 patients per site for a total of around 300 patients as our sample size. This obviously increased exponentially as we went along. Uh, One, because this clinical question generated much more interest than we realized it would. We ended up having 28 sites in the end. Um, And secondly, because before we finalized the protocol and started with data collection, we changed the inclusion criteria to include patients with the P to F ratio less than 150 rather than 100. And the reason for this was that we wanted to capture as many patients receiving ancillary therapies as we could 
uh, Proceva and Acuracis included patients with a P to F less than 150. And most investigators that we spoke to at various sites indicated that they evaluate patients for ancillary therapies at this level of hypoxia rather than P to F under 100. You know, I'm uh, glad that you brought up the differences of management with some of these so-called rescue therapies like uh, ECMO or inhaled nitric oxide or some of the alternative event strategies. What's your opinion about the state of evidence for all of these therapies, and how do you think SAGE might inform us about uh, these, these therapies? So in terms of rescue therapies, there's, of course, data out there about specific therapies that have demonstrated benefit in ARDS. I mentioned Proceva um, and Acuracis, and uh, many of us are working um, with the Pedal Network's ROSE study that's reassessing the use of cisatricarium in these patients. There's also a significant amount of data demonstrating a lack of benefit and potential harm from therapies like pulmonary vasodilators and high-frequency oscillatory ventilation. In spite of this, we're probably using adjunctive therapies inappropriately. We're underutilizing methods with demonstrated benefit, and we continue using methods that are not beneficial. So in, in lung safe, for example, inhaled pulmonary vasodilators are used almost as frequently as prone positioning, which is incredible. Um, on top of this, there's a lot more that we don't know. Evidence for some specific therapies is lacking. So both ECMO and steroids come to mind here. ECMO, of course, is particularly challenging to study due to its invasiveness and expense and the high mortality of patients who are sick enough to be candidates for ECMO. We also don't know a lot about specifics of each rescue therapy, like when is the op what is the optimal duration or what's the optimal time to initiate these therapies. We assume it's early, and it, it probably is, but we don't actually know for sure. We also haven't directly compared any one rescue therapy to another. We don't know if there's an additive effect when combining multiple rescue therapies. And these are some of the questions that we hope to answer with SAGE uh, as we get, as we obtained a lot more detailed information on these patients as they're getting ancillary therapies. Well, Nita, you brought up the LungSafe study, which I think is a great point to make. So how does the SAGE study relate to the LungSafe study, which was a large observational study done in uh, Europe? So there are obvious similarities there in that these are both large multicenter observational studies. Uh, in SAGE, we focused on U.S. management. So lung safe, in lung safe, only about 10% of the patient population was from the U.S. Uh, in SAGE, we also collected much more detailed information about early management uh, with, a specific look on, um, with a specific look at ancillary therapies. Um, so we, we're hoping that this is just a further drill down of U.S.-specific management of moderate severe ARDS patients. So I think we should probably bring up the most impressive and uh, perhaps the most unorthodox aspect of the study, and that's that the SAGE study was an investigator-led effort that's basically supported by individual investigators and institutions rather than by a large NIH study network like the PEDAL network. Uh, you said you involved 28 institutions and had over 2,400 patients in a fairly short time. What sort of challenges did you face when you were organizing a study of this nature? So quite a few, and I could talk about this for a while. This is no small undertaking. We did this with no funding, so it was really quite the labor of love, so to speak. Um, the first challenge was getting other investigators from other sites to sign on to this unfunded labor-intensive project. Fortunately, our clinical question, how are these patients managed in the U.S., was something that resonated with a lot of folks. 
having credibility was another big thing. So people aren't generally going to sign on to do a project led by someone they've never heard of, i.e. me. So you need to have some people with, um, with some street cred. So working with Michelle Gong, who's incredibly experienced and well-established in the critical care community, was huge. Pauline Park had also established herself with PEDAL and the Discovery Network, and Raquel Bartz brought significant experience as well. So it was really a wonderful group of people to work with. The Discovery Network also was instrumental in helping us get collaborators. We were able to present SAGE at the various discovery meetings, and we added collaborators almost every time we did so, which was wonderful. And just an incredible way to network. Now, aside from establishing credibility and having a topic that others believed needed to be studied and were excited about, we also had to ensure that the investigators who are doing this for the love of science and providing us with so much time and energy would gain something more out of this. So all of the site investigators will ultimately have access to the full database once data cleanup is completed and have the opportunity to, pro to propose and publish ancillary studies. We have 10 ancillary studies that have so far been approved and a few more coming through the pipeline. Indirectly, I also think and I hope that some of the more junior investigators at other sites have learned a bit about study design and hopefully will be able to use what they've learned to do their own investigator-led projects. I've been able to help a couple of colleagues at other sites with things like CRF design and REDCap logic by sharing the things that we did for SAGE. And I'm really happy to be able to do something like this in exchange for all that's been done for the SAGE study. And I hope it's something that's, uh, that's made the process of initiating one's own research more manageable and less intimidating. I've also made a personal commitment to participate in similar studies initiated by my colleagues at other sites so that we're all helping each other out. The other challenges that have come up have been getting data in and data cleanup. Uh, we had to be somewhat flexible in the timeline for submitting data for an unfunded study. The data cleanup for over 2,400 patients, as you can imagine, it's been a tremendous undertaking that we're still working through. And Raquel is dealing with the bulk of that at Duke at the moment. On a personal level, the biggest challenge for me as the junior person on the team was working on something that was so new to me and taking ownership over a lot more than I had done in the past. While I was involved in clinical trials, I had never, say, written a protocol or designed a case report form or developed logic for a REDCap database. Um, all of this was pretty new. Um, it was very intimidating, and it took a lot of hard work. And there are definitely times when I wondered what the heck I had gotten myself into. I had tremendous mentorship from Michelle Gong, and while there are a lot of very humbling moments, um, a lot of work, and a lot of sleepless nights, it all got done by working really hard and being persistent and um, forcing myself to not be afraid or intimidated. Uh, it's been quite the learning process, um, but I would encourage anybody else who is in the same situation um, who, hasn't, who's, who has an idea but hasn't had the opportunity to go forward with, with it yet to just make the leap and, and just do it. Uh, I, I can't imagine that anybody would regret something like that. Well, that's great. That's very inspiring too, especially for some of our listeners who are just getting their research careers uh, off the ground. 
I wanted to talk about one of the challenges of studying treatments with patients with severe ARDS, and that's that a portion of those patients may choose to have limitations in their care. For example, a family member of an older patient with a lot of comorbidities may sometimes choose for a less aggressive approach when the patients start to worsen. How do you plan to address this phenomenon in, uh, in your analysis? So we asked in the CRF if care was withdrawn or withheld at any point during the hospitalization, and this was indeed the case for around 30% of the patients in our cohort. We plan to better characterize this group. It's not clear to me right now that older age or presence of multiple chronic comorbidities is always why this is done, and I wonder if the severity of illness at presentation or center-specific practices may play a significant role. One question that we did not have in the CRF was the timing at which care was withdrawn or limited. And if there's sufficient interest from other centers and sufficient resources, this may be a piece of information that we attempt to obtain to better address this phenomenon. Well, this is exciting. I'm uh, looking forward to see how this plays out with some of the research as it gets presented. I've noticed that uh, several abstracts from uh, the SAGE study are submitted to the upcoming ATS conference. Can you give us any information about what sort of things we'll be hearing? Yes, we have four abstracts at the upcoming ATS, one for each specific aim. The first will be a presentation on variation in U.S. management practices in moderate severe ARDS, where we describe not only the overall results of the study, but also the center-specific variation in vent management and use of adjunctive therapy. The second abstract focuses specifically on details of adjunctive therapy use, including the use of combination therapy. The third abstract discusses the difference between ARDS patients transferred into tertiary care centers compared to direct admissions. And the fourth abstract discusses the management of patients with severe ARDS on ECMO. All right, that's great. If any listeners are interested, we'll have that information listed with the podcast so you can go and attend these presentations. Nita, I I think this is just an absolutely impressive effort from a great team. Uh, What what sort of future directions do you see from the study group? So the most immediate next steps are to finalize the data cleanup and then complete the publications. Once that's done, we will essentially have this large ARDS registry available that can be used for ancillary studies and future research. As I mentioned, uh, 10 ancillary studies have already been approved with several more currently being evaluated. I suspect that once the individual site investigators have access to the full clean data set, many more ideas will start coming through the pipeline. We've been discussing collaboration with other like-minded organizations with interest in ARDS patients and um, even potentially the possibility of combining our data set with other smaller or more focused ARDS data sets that already have been collected. Eventually, my hope is that this data can be used to inform future interventional trials and secure funding. Well, I certainly hope so. I think this is absolutely great work, and I think it needs to be supported with extramural funding. Well, we're out of time, so this concludes this Breathe Easy podcast. I'd like to invite our listeners to attend the presentation of these SAGE results at the ATS International Conference at San Diego this year. Uh, Time and location will be listed on the podcast description. I'd also like to thank our guest, Dr. Nita Kadir, for joining me in a really great discussion of some great work. Uh, This is Michael Lanspa for the American Thoracic Society Critical Care Assembly. Thank you.